Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about committing to you from day one. Body Armor's got you and here to help you commit to your fitness goals. Buy any Body Armor products at your local store and Body Armor will give you 50% cash back to put towards your fitness journey. Now through March 31st, commit to fit with Body Armor Sports Drink. Visit www.bacommittofit.com for full rules. And shop now at retailers nationwide. Hey there! Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's Toast to the Art Show. Today, we welcome back Victoria Chick. You know her every third Saturday. She's here on Big Blend Radio. She's a contemporary figurative artist, an early 19th, 20th century print collector. And she's also the, I'm going to say, the instigator for the (laughs) development of the Southwest Regional Museum of Art and Art Center that is being formed in Silver City, New Mexico. And Silver City is in the southwest corner of the state. It is beautiful. It's home to the Gila Cliff Dwellings National Monument. It's home to the Gila uh, National Forest and the Gila Wilderness Area. In fact, it's one of the very first wilderness areas in the country. So I encourage you to go to Victoria's website, go to victoriachick.com, and also to learn more about the Art Center, because we just want to keep talking about this Art Center that's being developed. Uh, it's an amazing project. Go to swrmart.org. And Victoria has an exhibit coming up in Las Cruces. And so we're going to talk about the exhibit, and we're going to talk about where the exhibit is uh, being held, which is the Brannigan Cultural Center. So we're going to not only have Victoria, but we have a special guest, Jennifer McClung, joining us. She's the acting exhibits manager and museum curator for exhibits in uh, the various Las Cruces museums. But first, welcome back, Victoria. How are you? Oh, thank you, Lisa. I am just feeling great today, and I'm glad to be here talking to you. Well, we're excited about you uh, going back to mm-hmm. the Brannigan Cultural Center. I mentioned you've been there before with an exhibit, and you mentioned you're going back. And last night you were just raving about the center and how cool it is, and you know, just and I looking into the center and all the museums. It looks like a really good destination for travelers going to Southwest and and Southern New Mexico. So very excited to have uh, Jennifer join us. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. We're excited about you. And Mm -hmm. I want to give everyone the website uh, for the Brannigan Cultural Center. It is las-cruces.com. Dot org and that's uh, C-R-U-C-E-S, Las Cruces. So it's las-cruces.org. And when you're on there, it's the city website because it's all city museums. And you click on museums and then you'll find all these really cool museums. So uh, Jennifer, these museums are all free for uh, visitors, right? They are, yes. As part of our service to the citizens and visitors of the county and the city, we provide these, we, we don't charge any entrance fee and people are welcome to come anytime. That's Very cool. Nice. 
Yeah, so there's that. four. The Museum <clears throat> of Nature and Science, the Museum of Art, Brannigan Cultural Center, and then a railroad museum, too. You can go to Choo Yes, yes. <laughs> and yeah, we're open. What are we open? Tuesdays through Fridays from 10 in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon, and on mm-hmm. Saturdays from 9 in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon. Nice. Oh, very cool. And before we were recording, you were saying that the Museum of Nature and Science, the Museum of Art, and Brannigan Cultural Center, aren't they all connected? Yes, they're all just within really close proximity to each other. So we say that they're they're next door neighbors to each other. So if you visit one, you can visit all three. And then if you want to go a mile to the west of us, um, you'll come across the railroad tracks and the railroad depot. Nice. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So Victoria, uh, you've been on display there. Well, your art has been on display <laughs> <laughs> Victoria was a conductor of the railroad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Victoria is hanging out at the Brannigan Cultural Center. But, um, but isn't it cool to have these museums there for, you know, people coming in to see your art? Uh, they get to kind of have like a really cool, I would say more than day trip when you have that many museums. Well, I know you do, and, and the, I, I've taken advantage of that uh, twice now because I, when I delivered my work, uh, what, gosh, two years ago, you know, it was, it was uh, a really nice trip. I mean, it takes a while to, for us to get there, and to be able to, to see that many museums so close together is really wonderful, and uh, I appreciate it because, because at the time, <laughs> Silver City, had, you know, while it's an art town, it didn't have, it doesn't have, a fine art museum. Um, it has a, a good history museum, though. But hmm. but um, that's one of the, one of the reasons that I'm trying to work on the having getting a, a building, a, a fine art museum in Silver City. Um, but the more the more museums there are in the whole Southwest, so, uh, in reasonable proximity to each other, just helps everybody. Helps mm-hmm. it helps it helps each museum, and it, it it's a wonderful experience for. Anybody who come, who visits, and um, I think I think it's always it's good for the community too to to have sure. our visitors come from distances to see these museums. It's Absolutely. you know like the Brannigan. I mean that's wonderful. It's a cultural museum, so um, you see you see aspects of New Mexico, uh, aspects of the region that if you're a visitor you might not know otherwise. Mm. And, and, and if you're a bit, if you're if you're a resident, you you get to you get to appreciate your area more. So I I just think it's a wonderful whoever came up with a cultural museum for for Las Cruces really did a service to the whole community. Mm. I think yeah, the, I think it's cool. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the Brannigans is is interesting because we have three distinct galleries. So while it's one building, we are able to offer three different exhibits within that one building. So that gives us a lot of flexibility in the types of exhibits that we offer and what topics they cover. So um, it, it the Brannigan is really a, a nice place to you know. Sometimes um, we do we do a public call for art where we um, not sorry, for proposals, where we get proposals from the public, which is how Victoria first came to us. Um, And so that brings in a lot of community-driven exhibits. So there's a lot of community interest, but then like um, Victoria was saying, 
visitors who come get to learn as much as the locals do sometimes about the history and culture of the area. So the Brannigan is really a really interesting building, and it's it's a historic structure that was built in 1935 in the Pueblo Revival style. So it's also architecturally mm-hmm. a very interesting building. Nice. So, yeah, because a Pueblo style, that's something that's mm-hmm. really um, so New Mexican. You know yes. what I mean? When, when you go to New Mexico, you want to have that authentic feel. And, and wasn't it the very first library building? In yeah. City? Yeah. Um, the, the, the woman who, who founded it, um, I can't remember her name, but her last name was Brandigan. Oh, well, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. That's good. And, and she did it to commemorate the memory of her husband. So she contracted oh. with a prominent El Paso architect and, and helped with the design and got it laid out. And it was the library for, let's see, from like 1935 until like the 1980s, I want to say. And hmm. then the new Brandigan Library got built. Um, so so it's got a long and, and there's still people who come in and remember using that building as a library but it's still got some of the original stained glass from when it was a library that has some of the children's story images that are are in stained glass like tom thumb and the little girl with the shepherding of lambs and stuff mm. so it's still got a really uh, a close association with its history as a library as well as its new new venue as a cultural center it's also neat that it's next to the mm. Museum of Art. So yes. is that um, contemporary art, fine art, or is it a, kind of a mixed kind of, you know, um, I mean, because you could have sculpture, you could have everything in there, you know. We so could have. There's, there's, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, we can have anything there. Actually, it's it's essentially a 3,000 square foot space that um, has kind of freestanding walls that we can move as we need them to. So we have accommodated ceramic exhibits. We've accommodated traveling exhibits. Right now, we've got an American Impressionism exhibit that features 41 American Impressionism artists that we have wow. as a traveling exhibit. Um, and we're the, the exhibit that's coming up in the fall is dealing with icons and symbols of the borderlands, which deals exclusively with um, regional border land artists um so we 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 have nothing that is off the table with regards to what we can show in the museum of art so it gives us a lot of flexibility in what we offer to the public and they they love it i mean whether it's a local artist that we're featuring or you know an international exhibit um it it always is very popular to have that kind of flexibility because what appeals to one person may not appeal to the other but if we Mm -hmm. cover all our bases everybody's happy oh there you go that's you Mm -hmm. know and i I know victoria you've had to have gone in the museum of art because look at you starting a museum in silver city this is kind of a nice um you know because you're not that far from las cruces and you know you've got the main uh interstate going through there and you've got you know you've got the gila cliff dwellings there's a city of rock state park and then um, in between, right? And then here in Las Cruces, you've got White Sands National Park right there. And you've got Carlsbad Caverns, that's not so far away. Even Guadalupe uh, Mountains National Park's not that far. And so I look at this for travelers. 
As a charge nurse, you can be a confident and dynamic leader who supports the nursing team and guides their patient care. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program equips you with strategies that prepare you to manage the ever-changing realities of healthcare while maintaining focus on family support and patient outcomes. What do you think making a difference in healthcare looks like? GCU offers over 250 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. There's days where you just, you, you're out in the parks and hiking, and especially if you're a family, you kind of want to have a day where, all right, what if it's raining? I know that's rare, but um, <laughs> New Mexico could use some rain. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, yes, it really can. Could use some rain. Yeah. But um, I think it's a great way for, you know, people like even if you go to White Sands to go to like the Museum of Nature and Science, you know, first, you know, it kind of helps you get the lay of the land. And when you're in a town to go to the museums first, I just always think it's a good starting place. It's almost like a visitor center and giving you some of the cultural history, you know, the natural history um, is so important to really understand where you are, you know, when you're hiking, you know. Yeah, our our Museum of Nature and Science deals with all the creatures and and plants and and uh, critters cool. that you find in the Chihuahua Desert. So um, we have live animals on display that represent the the kind of creatures you would find in the area. So kids love it. <laughs> it's a good place to take children and so they can learn about animals and things like that. Um, mm. And we also talk about the um, the trackways the prehistoric dinosaur tracks that are on cool. the mountains. I forget which way, kind of to the northwest of the, the town. Um, so there's a lot of things um, that parents can can take their kids to if they don't want to visit and see American Impressions of Art. <laughs> ah, you know, and I forgot about the Chihuahua uh, Desert. Mm-hmm. You know, my head always goes to Sonoran because we lived in Tucson and, and like Tucson's not that far and El Paso is not that far. So you're no. really in this amazing, and yeah. you've got, listen, Las Cruces, this is really important. It has one of the best rest areas in the country because it is home to the giant roadrunner. That is true. <laughs> it is the it best is the roadside best. attraction. It is. Seriously, you've got to go see that. So when you go to Las Cruces, you must go to the rest area and you must go say hello to the roadrunner that's made up of, is it all this recycling? Recycled uh, materials, yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah, everybody's got to go there, man. I, I, We will pull over just to go say hello. Well, and, and you get a wonderful weird, view. But, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, sorry. I, I was just saying you get a wonderful view of the Mesilla Valley and you get to see how the valley is surrounded by these chains of mountains. And, and if you're into geology at all, it's really cool to look at the community from that, that, that visitor station. Yeah, because you've got some green, it looks very fertile, like at, at certain times of the year when we've been through there and stopped, it looks very lush and green. Aren't you growing chilies or growing, you're growing pecans or what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we still grow um, the chilies down in this area. There there are pecan street, pecan Ooh farms that are still harvesting pecans in this area and the greenness kind of depends on when the water is released from the elephant butte dam into the rio grande because that's how they get all their water for their crops so from like Mm. april mid-april through like july it's really green because we're getting the water um water release into the rio grande 
Wow. Yeah. So when you're traveling, yeah. you go from Las Cruces up to Silver City. And that's a beautiful drive because you do start to go up in elevation, right, mm-hmm. Victoria? So are you still part of the Chihuahua Desert or not? I, I'm, now I'm like, yeah. I'm all twirling yeah. around. Sil- yeah. Silver City on the way up is still part of the, considered part of the, the Chihuahua Desert. Um, cool. Probably by the, by the time you get up to Silver City, you're, you're running out of it. Yeah. Because you're running into a lot of junipers and, and pinion pine. But below that, um, it's a lot of flowers, a lot of vegetation. Sometimes, at certain times of year, it doesn't look very exciting. But, you know, <laughs> any given any kind of rain, it just comes to life. And you see lots of flowers. And uh, it's, a, it, it's always interesting to me. And then another thing that's really interesting to me is, is the Rio Grande. I mean, it, it changes <laughs> so in such a way that uh, whether it's wet or whether it's dry, I always find it interesting it, because of the way it meanders and the way the channels are um, sometimes, you know, have lots of water. Sometimes there, there's nothing. But but I find it fascinating because there's, I mean, whether you see the water or not, it's there. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's it's some service, but it's, it's supplying... Um, it's just, it's, it's supplied life to that whole area. That's amazing. When you think, yeah, you know, it's mm-hmm. going and going through the city of rocks, we should bring up too, you know, and this clip ties into your exhibit. And so everyone, Victoria will be there on, on display. Yes, there <laughs> she goes never again. Be, I know Victoria is always on display. Um, mm-hmm. she's, her art is on display from July 29th through September 25th. And uh, the exhibit is called Symbols of New Mexico, A Personal Experience. And I remember you painting that, actually. I remember having dinner at your house when you were, like, finishing this up. And um, with this exhibit, it's really, I, you, know, you know we love your art. We love Victoria's art. And so go to victoriachick.com to see. But tell us a little bit about the symbols, because... This is this statewide, or are you thinking more when you're in your art? Is it more su- southern New Mexico or statewide? Or tell us a little bit about the symbols. Well, it probably it's there's more emphasis on the southern the southern half of New Mexico. Um, oh gosh, I my the symbols. Well, there's two kinds of symbols. One is one is a symbol for me. There, it's kind of I I, I use anthropomorphism. Uh, quite a bit with my cats and my horses who kind of represent me <laughs> in looking at everything that, that I find interesting about New Mexico. So there's, there's some of that as a symbol, but, but uh, there's a lot of, lot of things that you see in New Mexico that are striking when, you, when you're coming from another geographic area. And some of them are big, you know, like mountain ranges. Some of them are, are tiny, like the, like the tiny plants uh, that blossom. So, um, in, I have made uh, so, some of my paintings are are tiny paintings, you know, like six inch squares, bonded onto the another painting. So there, it's almost like a label of of mm. of what I'm seeing. So uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, I hope that um, people will enjoy enjoy the show and. and you know that some of the some of the symbols that are exciting for me will will be recognizable and exciting to them and the experiences that they've had in New Mexico. Mm. I think it's neat that you're doing this exhibit 
you know, in the Brannigan Cultural Center, right? And But it's next to all these other museums because it really ties, it's like the complete package. You know what I mean? Right. You, yeah. It, yeah. It, it really is, you know, and and horses, that is a big deal in New Mexico. Even northern New Mexico. Nancy, remember when we got lost? <laughs> what, when? I mean, I, which, which time is more time, like yes. it, right? Um, we got lost up near Gallup and we saw like, these little ponies, you know, like they—they were like mm-hmm. wild, you know, what I, Victorian up by Chaco. They were just like okay. it was like wild horses, but they were small. So I don't know what, yeah. you know, what breed, but um, or if they were wild, but they—they they looked pretty free to me. Um, but just it just—they are part of New Mexico, you know, the, the yes. horses and the cats. Well, you know, they get to look out and yeah, and see it's, it's, birds it's, and, there's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of animals that um, that are natural, of course, but but natural animals that were brought in in sort of like in the 1800s, maybe a little, mm-hmm. you know, early 1800s even, where they became they became basically feral, and uh, they're they're you know like herds of horses is an example, or, or burrows that were used. Well, you know some. Some of them were used in mining. Some of them escaped. Some of them were let go, and so herds formed. And um, mm. every once in a while, um, the Bureau of Land Management <laughs> or or um, na- na- the National Park System gets gets nervous about introduced animals, and so they will they will round them up and uh, try to find. Try to find homes for them. In some cases, they will auction them off, and a lot of people buy them and um, you know turn them into really nice uh, using using horses or using using animals. Um, there are other mm-hmm. other other methods that they try use to try and keep the population down, and so there's there's some controversy about that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, but this is this is this is part of these animals are part of history to me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um so i i i get a little i get a little um sad uh or worse <laughs> when i when i hear hear about them being perceived as detrimental to this mm. to the land that is a whole other show, but I agree. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to change the word feral to independent. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's it. That's, well, that's yeah. wild is good. Wild and independent. Yeah. You look at yeah. horses, they yeah. really are amazing yeah, that, creatures. That, that is a whole other connotation. <laughs> uh, yeah. A better one. Yeah, you know. Um, and, and speaking of horses, I'm looking at uh, one of your paintings, New Mexico Horse Dream, which I love. Mm. And, you know, you oh, were just you. talking about those channels, like there's that, you know, they really lead you, you know, because you, you really show New Mexico because there's parts of it that do represent prairie land in a way, you know, and yeah. and you, you wouldn't think that, but it's a really a huge part of like, I think it's Oterra Mesa that um, they really had to protect. Yeah. And that, um, partic- that's, that particular yeah. painting, Lisa, that was... Uh, the inspiration for that is the fact that I I ride a lot, and that that area is like within a couple of miles of my house. It's it's on the old Fort Baird, <clears throat> and uh, you know how rocky how rocky the land is uh, in most places. And when I went when I got to Fort Baird, there was this wonderful grassland, 
I mean, there wasn't a rock on it. And, wow. and I, I thought, well, this is, this is, you know, this is a dream spot for the horses around here because they can, they can eat, they can run and they don't have to worry about the rocks. But, um, but I thought, I was wondering why, you know, I wondered geologically why, why that was void of rocks, you know, was it a geological reason or, you know, did the, did, was, was KP duty back in the 1800s? <laughs> did that include picking up rocks rather than peeling potatoes? So, uh, so I don't know really what the reason is, but I know that uh, my horses always appreciated riding in that area. You know that that brings up a good point about I know you do those trail rides and um, you know these wilderness areas, and you think about how rocky it is and horse hooves, you know, I know there's a, yeah. we've done shows on that where some people don't uh, put shoes on their horses. Some people do, but I've got to think like, what was it like way back when, when Billy, the kid was on horseback, <laughs> Carson, they were going through the state, you know, on horseback. I mean, were they shoeing their horses? I know there was blacksmith shops and everything. So, you know, all that was around, but you got to yeah. think about what those horses went through when people were on them all the time. You know, they were transport people. People, and you know, if, if the uh, wars, they were too. probably they were probably good owners and bad owners than the, like there are now. <laughs> mm. But um, but I think I mean, horseshoeing is horseshoeing is a very ancient art, and uh, I mm. think most people, if they had horses back then or mules, um, would have taken advantage of. Of a farrier or a horseshoer, as they call mm. them, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, huh. You know, you got to think about your ride. It is I, an I, art. I tell you what, when, when, I, when I ride over in Fort Bay, old Fort Bayard land, I find old shoes on that. Oh. And they're mostly, most oh, wow. of them are mule shoes. You know, they're, mm. they're worn and they're rusty, but they've probably been there for 80 or 100 years. Wow. Yeah. From, from the mining times too. And, you know, yeah. Fort Baird was a fort and maybe they did clear. I was just thinking about the rocks. Maybe they really did clear it out at that point because there was also the hospital there too. Yes. So maybe Some of those, they... old, those old buildings are, are really fascinating. And they, there's a museum at the, at, at old Fort Baird that is um, a re- one of the restored officer houses that um, that's really interesting. Um mm-hmm. Uh, it's not open all the time, but, um, hmm. you know, every once in a while we'll, they'll open the whole fort and have a kind of festival where people will, you know, carry out activities that might have been done, you know, at the turn of the century, the last century, not this century. Right. <laughs> this cool. well, I love I that, you know, this is so New Mexican with what you're doing, again, tying into Brannigan and you know, it just goes, it, it has that vibe, you know, it's like here, you know, but I, I love somewhere near Buckhorn, that painting with the cat <laughs> looking over the mountains, because, you know, we watch all here where we are right now. <laughs> well, actually, when this airs, we'll be in Arkansas playing with donkeys. But anyway, and his name mm-hmm. is Luke. Um, so he's cool and Luke, um, you know, donkeys and dogs and armadillos. But um, where we are right now, we've got our, our big indoor kitten uh, koozie, the main coon, and then we've got uh, wild, what I was going to say, independent cats outside. Let's put, mm-hmm. there, there, yes. Use your word, Nancy. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, you watch them watch each other and, you know, we see them up on the fence and they do that look exactly like 
the, your painting somewhere near Buckhorn. And I think that's what's so special about how you have cats in your paintings. And, you know, sometimes I have to explain it to people, Victoria. <laughs> She's like the cat lady, you know, but it's, it's not like you're doing cat portraits. It's these moments. I mean, that's what a figurative artist is. So can you explain that part of it about how you manage to capture their movements without being so detailed either. It's not, it's just like you, you can yeah. feel the movement. You can, you can feel exactly how that cat is looking down at the mountains. Well, you know what I mean? You know, it, <laughs> body language is, is that way. I mean, because uh, I think some of the animals, particularly cats for me, they, they adopt or they, they use a lot of the muscle muscles in the, and in their body language in certain situations is very similar to the kind of body language a human being would have. So I guess I think mm. I, I I'm attracted to them kind of for that reason. Um, mm. I can identify with what with their body language, whether it's scary or they're it's they're warning somebody or, or they're you know <laughs> relaxed or whatever. Um, they're they are um, very oh. I'm sorry. They want they say their body language speaks. It's truly language to me. For that reason, yeah, it is. I mean, it's. Could you imagine? You know, there's been all these interesting movie star trials going on, right? Yes, <laughs> I've keeping been keeping us all entertained. But I was just thinking because you know the the body language of cats. Now imagine if they were in trial, like you know how Nancy, you, you love that painting of the dogs playing pool. But if the cats were oh, like the, they're playing poker, yeah, 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 that's it, poker. Yeah. Now if you had the cats in there, and in, in like running, you know, the lawyer cats and. The judge, yep. could you imagine a judge cat, like the judge sitting there and looking at, you know, see, Jennifer, <laughs> welcome to our show. Yeah, you're getting me ideas. Now cut that out. <laughs> I know, but it's fun. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, cats are so, they're just a whole other, I don't even think they belong in the, like the typical animal mammal species thing. I think they have their own planet somewhere. I do believe that. Oh boy, <laughs> I do. They they kind of rule the world. So I I love that what you do with them because you just you're like, yep, you know, <laughs> we know exactly what's going on there. So well, but this is yeah, exciting. How many paintings are going to be on display? Well, that's that's up to Jennifer. <laughs> I, oh. I give her I give her the paintings, and uh, she works her magic with arranging them. And uh, it, that's one wonderful. Quality to I curators and the, she's a great curator is that they they know how to make any 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 exhibit look its best. So mm. I really appreciate Jennifer. Oh well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. No, um, actually, we 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 had a. We had we we had Victoria back in 2020, but it, it, the exhibit was open like two weeks before mm. COVID shut it down completely. Oh. And I was very upset about that. So um, we we actually had an opening this year, and I was like, you know, what would be really nice is if we could re bring Victoria back and show her art 
because I love it. I think it's really mm-hmm. un- unusual and unique. Uh, well, well, thank you. I'm, I'm really, I was, I'm really thrilled to uh, to be invited back. So uh. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it seems like we had like around ten pieces or the, around that number when we did um, the show last time. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. we'll probably have about that number. Her pieces, like the the New Mexico Horse Dreams, is really really big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that of course limits the number of pieces that you can put up but the nice thing about the new mexico horse streams is i don't know if she put gold gild on it or if she just used a gold paint but when we were when we were staging the the exhibit we were able to put a light on it so that the gold was like reflecting off and it was yeah, the first it was pretty amazing <laughs> yeah it was yeah. the first piece you saw when you walked into the gallery and it just really popped off the wall and looked really amazing. So yeah. her, her show is a lot of fun to, to put up because her pieces are so interesting and, and they're, they're, there's like three different sizes. So it gives a lot of visual depth to the layering of the exhibit as well, which is really helpful. Well, you know, it's interesting about, you know, curating an exhibit and, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me. Do you, do you go to like college for that? Or is that something you learn as you go? I mean, how do you know what's going to work and what isn't? Like what, yeah. <laughs> um, experience mainly. Um, yeah. The, I mean, certainly most everybody in here um, is has a degree, at least a bachelor's degree in um, either, you know, public history or museum science or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So you learn kind of the basics um, in that area. But for me, what I've been discovering is that it's, it's essentially stage theater, you know, when, when you're at a, at a theater and you're watching a live performance and all the props and all the stages and everything that give you the feelings and emotions and settings, putting up an exhibit is a lot like that because you're trying to evoke a mood or reinforce what the artist or the historian or, you know, whatever the topic mm-hmm. of the, the, the exhibit is, um, to augment it or reinforce it or bring out a point while you're doing the lighting and the positioning of the pieces and the layering of, of the exhibits. Um, So it's, it takes an eye for, it takes an artist eye almost because you're doing it in a way that's got to be visually attractive to bring people in to the gallery and stay in the gallery um, so that's what I've been discovering as I've been working here at Las Cruces for the past three years is it's really interesting I really enjoy it a lot that's cool yeah, I, yeah Nancy used to do a lot of that with exhibits and, and art collectives mm-hmm. and hope that the artists wouldn't get mad about being next to other ones and, and things like that well yes there is that sometimes yeah. there is that side of it yes there is <laughs> but yeah but well, that's doing, doing a show of of many different artists is it's harder it's, than doing a show for a, one group of work from from one artist yeah. I, um, <laughs> I would agree with that yes because yes. You, you've got you're not only dealing with the with the uh with the work you're dealing with the personalities and so yeah. I know that, that can be it's, difficult. It's but it is interesting. It's fun, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. Mm-hmm. It can get a little challenging. This is true, but That's I always found it to be really interesting because like really <laughs> <laughs> well, 
well, Victoria, for you as an as the artist of, of the you know the paintings, when you go and see how they've been curated and and how they're on display, do you ever see something different in your art when when that happens? You know, versus it, them hanging in your home or in your studio, and you well, know what I mean? Do you see something you can, like a yeah, you, vibe? I don't know. I don't know that I see the individual pieces differently, but I'm always surprised at how and and pleased. And how they are arranged, because they're usually arranged in a way that I hadn't thought of, or mm. um, you know, it's it's always a surprise to me how how a, a curator will work with 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 my work, <laughs> and um, it's always a play. It's I, I mean, I have to say, it's I've never had a bad uh, experience because curators know what they're doing, and they're seeing they're seeing my work for the first time usually in person. And um, and so how they react to it is um, is interesting to me. I mean, I, I I you know how we we're always saying, well, every viewer brings their own experiences to looking at a painting, and they will see something that 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 the artist never intended. But that that kind of happens, um, I think. Um, when you turn your work over to someone else to organize and, sh- and exhibit. Yeah, I think it's neat. I think it's it's co-creative, you know, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's also really interesting because like with the American Impressionism mm. exhibit that we've got here at the Museum of Art, you know, I was given thumbnail pictures of the paintings that were, you know, maybe an inch by an inch. So I couldn't really quite understand what the pictures were, but I laid out the gallery mm. preliminary wow. based yeah. on those little thumbnails. But then when I got the pieces, it's like, oh, no, this means more space or these that I put next to each other cannot be put next to each other. So, um, you know, looking, making those kind of adjustments and also trying to pretend that you're the audience and, you know, that you've never seen this piece before. And how would somebody coming into this exhibit who's never seen this artwork before respond and relate to it? Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really the, the, the process of doing an exhibit is really interesting. It's got to be interesting doing sculpture. You know, because it's like, you know, because and depending on the piece, obviously. Right. But it's like, yes. what do you see when you walk in? But you're going to turn around. You know what I mean? It's you, you walk around it or not. You know, it's sculpture is interesting with that. Yeah, we just um, in March, we did the high school senior art exhibit for the first time in two years because of COVID. And there were a lot of um, ceramic pieces that were part of this show. And yeah, it's like, well, wait, if I back this up against this other piece, then you're not going to be able to walk around it. And does this piece really need to be seen 360 degrees or is its front the only part of it that's interesting? Um, So yeah. Sculpture presents its own unique, unique little problems. How is Las Cruces in regards to being like Silver City is an art community and then it's got all the smaller communities connected to it in Grant County. What is Las Cruces like in regards to being an art destination? Is, you know, are there more art entities? Are there galleries downtown or uh, is the museum complex the main part for for art? Well, you know, it's really interesting. I've been to Silver City and I love Silver City because of uh, it's got a really different way of 
you know, kind of collecting up and promoting its artists through the galleries and, and through people knowing people. And it's really kind of an interesting dynamic that's up there. Here in Las Cruces, I, I, there's a lot of art, but it's it's almost more just artists doing their art because they're artists rather than trying to commercialize it, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so there are galleries, certainly the Doña Ana Arts Council um, does rotating shows virtually every month and they bring in some really interesting artists, local artists and regional artists. And we do have a number of galleries um, on the east side of downtown in the historic Mesilla district. But, you know, it's a lot of people doing, um, oh, oh. Oh, what's the word? Um, not graffiti, but when they paint on things. Um, oh, what's that called? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, like murals? Yes, um, thank you. A lot of mural artists in town. Um, oh, that's cool. That, that do work. And then, you know, the city has a public arts division that, that encourages putting public art in public spaces. So that's interesting as well. So we mm. have art, but just in a really different way than Silver City. Or, or yeah, Silver City is... Victoria yeah. agrees with I, that, but that's what I see. Yeah, I think I think the size of, this, of a town makes a difference. That's too. I, I mean, you you have some, a much more diverse economic uh, situation in, in the Nasea Valley. Than we've got up here, um, we're, we have one, you know, very few actual business. We've got an education business, we've got a hospital business, and we've got a mining business. And if you don't, if you if you're not able to work jobs in those things, you know, people people, you know, do art, and they that they see that as a way to eke out a living. That maybe that may be a great living, but. Remember, we've got a big retirement community here, yes. so there's a lot of people that have come from elsewhere, and um, and I know art is art is a big thing for them. So I think that's maybe why we have so many galleries. And of course, gallery gallery business is a very tenuous business for in most in most towns. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got some galleries that that last and last and last, and some uh, galleries that you know start up and they're undercapitalized, and, and they yeah. last a year or two. So there's kind of a flux that happens. Um, but the but the the dynamic of of people doing art and and trying to sell art is here, and they're working. Yeah. They work. They try to work out ways to attract buyers. You know that's. <laughs> It's it's um it sounds kind of uh, self-serving, <laughs> but it is <laughs> because well, they've got the people have to live. You know, well, yeah. it's a legitimate profession. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. right. It just has. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like musicians. You know, they, mm-hmm. you, you, if you're going to make your living doing some kind of artistic endeavor, you you need to do what you need to do to get paid. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Artists and musicians and authors should all be paid. Yes, exactly. and paid well, you know, because the arts, I mean, it's, there's, it's, you know, it's about originality and honesty and when, especially, you know, the integrity to art is such an important part of our lives. And art is what documents history to me better than anything. You know, it just, it mm-hmm. tells the truth. There's no lies in art. 
The artist, well, I mean, because you know what I mean. Well, like, oh, I mean, okay, carry away this now. Could, could, well, yeah, you know, philosophical discussion. I know, I know. And satire, and I know, and you know what I mean, yeah. though. But oh, so so we're recording this, uh, everyone, on uh, Les Paul, the guitarist's um, birth anniversary, and ah. the quote of the day that we posted up on Twitter is: "To this day, no one has come up with a set of rules for originality. There aren't any." <laughs> I give thumbs up to Paul and Mary Ford. Yes. See, there you go. <laughs> so yep. very, very wow. cool. Well, I, I wish we were down there for your exhibit and you never mm-hmm. know. We, you never know how we well. twirl around and do detours. So, um, you know, but I, I know our audience that are in New Mexico traveling through uh, those who live in New Mexico, uh, you know, definitely worth going to Las Cruces. And I think, What's great about this conversation is it really showcases two regions tied by art. And, yeah. it, you know, we think about New Mexico and Taos and Santa Fe, you know, the first, and Albuquerque is really doing some amazing things, too, especially public art wise. Um, but when you think about it, you know, I, I want people to know that the southern part of New Mexico has art, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, We appreciate that. Yeah. Well, New Mexico is the land of enchantment. New Mexico art is amazing. And, you know, when I go back to the truth, right? New Mexico true. I mean, that's the beauty of the state has kept its integrity so much. And so um, art is definitely a huge part of it. So uh, everyone, the website, keep up with Victoria, go to victoriachick.com. And also for the Brannigan Cultural Center, uh, go to las-crucis.org. And from there, you'll be able to go to the museums and learn more about the city as well. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Uh, Victoria is on again every third Saturday. So thank you, ladies, for joining us. It's been a true pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We enjoyed it. Yay. It was fun. Okay.